What up, mother fellas? Hello. Hi, Josephine. Hi, Miss Wendy. How we be? I be good. How is you? I be good. A little mm-hmm. tired, but you know. You know, we're we're out there. We're in a little the, tired. In these streets. We're running this game. Mm-hmm. We're running some game up, yeah. in these, up in these streets. Running on them hoes. Yeah, for reals. <laughs> um, hey, our fives of listeners. Yes. What's up, fives? Hey, fives. Um, this is about to be a real light month for you. It's some light days. But uh, this is art time of the month. Hello. Hi. Welcome. And we got a light flow for you this month mm-hmm. of October. We can do rugby. We can uh, we can swim, swim, ride horses. Good swim, swim laps. Yes, play tennis. Uh-huh. Our art flow is not going to uh, interrupt our regularly scheduled physical activity this month. And here is why. Shall I whoopee the list for you? Whoopee, girl, whoopee. About so whoopee. Okay, so we need to talk about Dancing with the Stars. <sighs> so. Both I, of them. Both of them. I've been keeping up. Josephine has not. I have not. For valid reasons, but we'll get to that in a sec. So both Dancing with the Stars and Junior's Edition. Um, so it's so much, y'all. So much is there. <laughs> then we need to break it down. Uh, a star has been born. Yes. Yes. Oh, so much there. Uh, we're going to talk about Josephine's trip to the island. To the island of Guam. Bring it back home, brother. Yes. Bring it home. All the way back. Yes. And then we're going to talk about um, a project that I worked on this month that was very near and dear to me. And and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much that's, it. That's what we got. Yeah. Wow. But lo- watch us spin this into an hour and a half conversation. I feel like it's going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's really going to go there. Um, okay. So we need. let's start with Dancing with the Stars. Okay. So when last we flew... Um, <laughs> <laughs> when last we flew, I was the one who was all about like the dancing with the stars. Correct. And then I quickly fell off that train. And then pro- Joe said to me, like, hey, are we gonna watch the new season? And I was like, sure, I'm down. And I immediately dove like head first into it. And Joe was like, Meh, I'm not caught up. I was like, I'm not caught up because <sighs> I had to prepare for like my vacation and leaving for dick. two and a half weeks. Oh I know. My God. But She's all in. Listen, I am all in and then some. Mm, and I then am some. Here for it. Tell us. Okay. So let's start with the Dancing with the Stars season 49. Oh my God. I mean, season 3000. Season 291. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at right now. Um, so, a couple of episodes have crushed me in this. One was the. The my most important year. Oh, I love that episode. Okay, so let's talk about the fact that Mary Lou Retton mm-hmm. killed me dead, like dead. Mm-hmm. Um, because of course she talked about her year where she won the gold, and it was like, I'm sorry, we already know that you and I have a soft spot for the Olympics. Uh huh. We're so sporty. The ceremony, the sense of occasion, all Mm -hmm. that. So give me an Olympian on Dancing with the Stars, and I am happier than a pig in shit. Yes. So I was here for Mary Lou Retton, who still has that like fanciful bob haircut Mm -hmm. and whatever. I mean, yeah. Um, So she broke down like her whole like my most important year and and blah, blah, blah. And like what that was like for her. And also shared with America that like prior to her winning the gold, she had back surgery like six weeks prior to that or something. What? Yeah. And did like create, was it back surgery or knee surgery? I think it was back. 
and then did some kind of crazy like fast forward rehab for it and um that's and, nuts yeah bananas right yeah like n- no like <laughs> i know i know and then uh yeah so anyway watching her dance to the super patriotic with like the american flag projected on the floor and blah, blah like forget it i was what was her dance? An idiot. I don't even remember. See, I love it when it's like, I'm going to do a rumba to my most important <laughs> year. Like the Paso. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do a Paso <laughs> Doble to the time when I triumphed over death in I my car no accident. Yeah, it was like, yeah, right? It was some shit like that. But oh my God, it was like. It's a very sensuous emotional. rumba when then my what dad I died. Is that like. <laughs> the year my dad died and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah and it's like you know it's like bruno's like your flowing movements it's so sensual your father has passed into an afterlife it's so good it's so it's so real but what i realized about watching dancing with the stars is like the second they start dancing i immediately get choked up and i'm like oh god <laughs> Why? I want to know what about this show <laughs> is triggering me emotionally. Because I, for the life of me, I'm like, why do I cry at this shit? But every single dance, I get choked. Every single time they finish, and there's that final, like, we did it! And they embrace, I'm dead. <laughs> I don't understand the emotional, like, deep-seated responses that I have to every single one of these dances. But anyway, there it is. It's the pageantry. It's just the, like, it's just, like, you can... The thing about it is, and I really, I really hope that it's just like this and I'm not reading too much into it, but you can tell that they are, these people are like all in. Because you know what it means to be on Dancing with the Stars. It means that like you're looking for some sort of comeback mm-hmm. or you're just happy to be included. Mm-hmm. But like they just look, they, they're just there to give it their all. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I just look at them and I'm just like, I love this show because it's just pure candy. Uh-huh. On, on many levels. Totes. Um, okay. So. Then you asked me about the social influencer. Yes, whatever her name is. Alan's partner. Okay. Because I love Alan. Alan's my, like, I, I, mm. I think about Alan. Alan is sometimes. also a coach on Juniors. The yes. Dancing Stars Juniors. Yes. And he's darling on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So... <laughs> And this, this, his partner have some like sexy time chemistry happening. What? I thought Alan is a big old queen. Oh no. Oh. Oh no. He not a big old queen. Oh. They are having. I. They're having some sexy times. They. I was it Disney Week. It might have been Disney Week. They did some kind of princessy fantasy bullshit, foo foo la la, whatever. Yeah. And in the end, Bruno was like, there is chemistry. Oh. <laughs> and like, Carrie Ann and Abba was like, what's going on with you two? And like, and then it was like, blush, blush, blush. Oh, let's not talk about it. Ah, whatever. Um, the following week, this past week, mm-hmm. social media girl. That's what we're calling her now. We have no idea what her name we is. We don't like cuz I don't give a Social shit. Social media about her. girl with a dead mom. Like <laughs> is what I'm calling um, her. I know, sorry. It's so cold. <laughs> I know. Joe is savage. She's as fuck. doing she's <laughs> doing this to the from what I remember from the first episode she's doing this as a like because her mom loved the show so much. Uh-huh. And I'm just like sure. Okay, I get it, but like she Totes. will always be a social media girl who's honoring her dead mom. Totes. Yes. Um okay. So <laughs> so this week, I can't even like it, the whole thing is so ridiculous. This week, 
when they showed like the package before mm-hmm. they actually dance, she addressed the elephant in the room and she like sat down with Alan and was like, so I do just want to talk about the fact that like there is chemistry here. And blah, blah, blah. <gasps> no, uh-huh. it was, I was like, I'm literally sitting on my couch going, I am so uncomfortable. <laughs> Why am I watching? I'm so uncomfortable with this. I, uh, this is so gross and private and don't share this with the world. Uh, and like, Oh, uh, it was so, this is like a producer's dream. It was a, Producers were jizzing themselves all over the place, I'm sure. But, like, I was like, why why are you putting us through this? This is so uncomfortable. Um, And so Alan very tactfully was like, oh, I just, I I so appreciate that she shared that with me. I really need to think about this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, bullshit. You know you're going to tap that. You're going to tap it, girl. Look at you. I mean, for real. Anyway, so that was kind of like the hoo-ha there. Um... So last week, and spoilers, sorry about it, but honestly, fives, I mean, yes, are we spoiling anything for you, really? I mean, th- this was a month ago. I mean, guys. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. So, so the Joe, the grocery dude. Oh, is that grocer <laughs> Joe. Grocer grocery store Joe. From The Bachelor. Yeah. God, him. He needs to just go away. He's done. He's, he's like when Nick Vile from The Bachelor was on. It's just like, why are you here? He's you can... awful. He's bad. He knows he's bad. And yeah. every year he's like struggling to get a six. Yeah. <laughs> every week. And the judges are just like, at some point they're going to be like, four. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, you know, they're like, I see you improving. Six. <laughs> So bad. You get the, the part where like you know it's Len Len's being told to not be as harsh. It's yeah. like, well, look, you're having a good dance. Exactly. It looked like a lot of fun. Yes. Your costumes are great. <laughs> like nothing. Yes, exactly. Like, They're like, you are what the show was about. <laughs> you are about like learning and starting from nothing, and you you're not a performer. And look at what you're doing. And you're a six. piece of shit. You're human garbage. Five. <laughs> yeah. So like they're totally keeping him on because again the producers know exactly what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Meanwhile, you kick off the goddamn American Treasure, Mary Lou Retton, mm. and I threw my shoe at the television. I was pissed. Anyway, mm. also last week, Mary Lou Retton disclosed to America that she had a secret divorce. <gasps> That she divorced her husband of 20-something years, and they have four teenage daughters together and whatever. So, yeah. In secret. I know. So she was like, this year has been so transformative for me because I went through a divorce and no one knows about it. And, like, America doesn't know about it and whatever. And now America knows. Now America's knowing. Now America knows. Okay. So. Well, we're all back on board with Mary Lou Retton now, aren't we? We're there. I am here for it. I'm here. Josephine, I need you to get caught up. I need you to start watching again this week because Mm. we also need to get rid of the the disc jockey, the radio show dude. Oh, the guy who's like latently homosexual. (laughs) The country guy with the the glasses. The buddy Holly glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he needs to dip. He's done and Grocery Joe is done. Like you kick off another good dancer in lieu of those two, okay, and I am so... fucking coming for you, ABC. I will come for you, Dancing with the Stars. Get rid of those two, please. Is Milo yeah. Mannheim still on? Cameron yes. Mannheim's son, and he's doing wonderfully. Oh, he's good. Great. Oh, good. Yeah, he also he got like a thirty. He got a perfect score Damn. last week. 
Yeah, and that was the second time he got a perfect score, too. Look at him. He's doing really well. He's, he's one of the front runners. Is he Whitney's partner? Um, he's I that. Think. He's the. Oh, he's the like airheady bimbo girl. I think. Anybody <laughs> listening to us talk about this shit? I mean, guys, <laughs> you must really love us. Yes. Sorry. Thanks, Fives. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Fives. We love Thanks, you. Fives. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, <laughs> You and I might be the only two people and our fives who care about this. It, it, we should be like, please don't listen unless you are a fan of Dancing with the Stars. You will have no idea who I we're talking about. I swear we're moving on. Okay. We're moving forward. Um, okay. But real quick segue into Dancing with the Stars Junior. Okay. You need, so you're, you need to tell me about this shit. Okay. Because you've not watched a single I'm sketch a, of it. No, no, okay. no, no. So what's the format? Okay. The format is this. They have young celebrities paired with young ballroom dancers who dance like young ballroom dancers. They're mm-hmm. not as refined and polished, yeah. obviously, as, as adult pros, but they're still good. Mm-hmm. They're good as hell. Um, they are, the couple is paired with an adult mentor. Okay. So Cheryl's a mentor, Alan's a mentor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So they're like team Cheryl, team Alan, team blah, blah, blah. Um, the judges are <laughs> Val Chmierkowski. I love him. Mandy Moore. The the choreographer Mandy Moore, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, and she's so much fun. She's just like pony pony cheerleader. We love her. <laughs> um, she's the Paula. She is the Paula, but she knows her content. Like, so she knows what she's talking about. She's like, lead with your shoulder, get out of your elbow. Like, she knows what she means. Yes. Um, and then our homeboy <laughs> figure skater, Scooby Doo Papa himself. Scooby Doo Papa. <laughs> Why am I blanking on his name right now? Adam Rapon. Thank you, Adam Rapon. <laughs> now, here is the joy and the delight of Dancing with the Stars Jr. All of the judges' feedback is like ground down into like one sentence. It's so simplified. Oh God. So like they dance, they're great, right? And then they come on, they're like, they're like, yo, you did so great. You're so much fun to watch. What a joy. I'm so proud of you. Moving on. (laughs) That's it. It's like so fast. And I love it. I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't have to like listen to like five minutes of feedback and content. It's so, it's super just like, Light, fun, mm-hmm. you know. This past week, we lost Honey Boo Boo. <gasps> she made it that far? She made it that far. Wow. I, I want to say they're only like four weeks in or something like that. Still. I know, but... So no more Honey Boo Boo. No more Honey No more Boo Boo. We also lost uh, Scotty Pippen's daughter. Um, who else was eliminated? The girl from Avengers. Is she still on? She's still on it. Uh, so is Miles from Modern, uh, from Blackish. Uh, oh well, he he needs to be on it forever. He's great. Uh, there are a couple that are really great, and that are like young and really great. There's mm-hmm. the little, um, uh, I think his name is Akash. He's like the spelling bee champion. Okay. <laughs> God, I love. I mean, he's just the nerdiest boo boo nugget, and I want to just put him in my pocket and keep him there to spell things for me forever. Yes, because. Oh my God, what a nerd. I love him. I just love it. I mean, some of the littles like are just, they're just a joy. And then again, I'm sitting there crying. Why? Well, it hits you like doubly. It's dancing with the stars and then it's like little children people. Sometimes though, (laughs) the children people who are like children people famous. Oh no. Like rub me the wrong way, Mm -hmm. way wrong way. Um, But 
there's, this is just all heart. It's like all emotion. And therefore I'm sitting there just weeping into my feelings. And I don't know why. What about Dancing with the Stars? What about Ballroom? Triggers my feelings. We need to really... And makes me feel feelings. We need to figure out how we can like see a taping. If any of our fives, fives are <laughs> therapists and would like to talk to me about why Ballroom Dancing triggers my feelings... Please reach out to a homegirl. Thanks so much. Thank you. Um, also, if any of our fives have connections to filming. Yes, we want to get, we, we want to be. We need to get on that floor. I want to be right behind Bruno and I want to be able to feel the like wind from a flourish uh-huh. of his hand. I want to be in the studio when they bring on one of these ridiculously unnecessarily large sets yeah. for a ballroom dance. <laughs> that I'm like, do you really need to set up a giant carnival for them to like dance within like five square feet of space on? Like, exactly. And they do. Their production value has. It's like, do you really need control. to? Do you really need to bring the entire subway of the New, of That's New York? That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I get that. Right now, we're in season four hundred and ninety-three. You have to. You have but, to. But like back in the early days, it was a simpler time. Yes. It was a naked dance floor. There were no lights. There were no projections. It was just the dance. Now they got sets. They have backup dancers. They got crew. It's like it is huge it's now. So much. It is much. Friends. The professionals were like, who are these people? It is they were much. like actually ballroom dance people. I yeah. I know. Okay. Um, okay. So, Joe, are you going to get caught up? I promise. I vow. This I vow. I mean, this I feel I like at this you. point it would be a lot for you to go back and get caught up. I might just, just look at the dances. Just start watching. Yeah. I'll just, just start watching. Just start watching on Sunday night. So tonight mm-hmm. we're recording on a Sunday fives. Um, on a Sunday is when the juniors go. Mm. And then the Monday is when okay. the regular ballroom commences. <sighs> Let's move on. Uh-huh. Let's move on to Dr. Bradley Cooper. Dr. <laughs> and, <laughs> Dr. Bradley Cooper. And Lady Gaga. And Lady Gaga. Gaga. Um, let's talk about A Star is Born, goddammit. All right. So how did you come to view? I came to view A Star is Born one night after our rehearsal. Um, and, and I was down there in Liberty Station, so I went and we watched it at The Lot. Mm-hmm. The Lot, have we talked about this before? Um, we have not talked about The Lot, but I, I love The Lot. I, okay, so The Lot is... A really overpriced movie theater in town. Yes. But like you get what you pay for because you sit in like these amazing leather recliners, you reserve your seats, you can order a full meal in the middle of the movie. Exactly. You, you can have booze. You can order a glass of wine, a bottle of wine, what have you. Um so I went to go see it with my friend Tony, mm-hmm. who right now is texting me wanting to know when we're going to see Bohemian Rhapsody. Shout out, Tony. Hey, Tony. Uh, and he's in, in tech at the Diversionary Theater right now. Yes, for this beautiful this city. beautiful city, which I'm excited to see him there. Um, so, uh, Tony and I saw it. Now, when I went to go buy us tickets, he said there were only seats available in the first row. Lord. I know. And he was like, yeah, girl, get it. And I was like, okay, fine. So, I got those two seats. And they were like, don't worry about being in the first row because the chairs recline and you'll be fine. So you recline in these chairs, right? And and you're literally like leaning back and looking right up Bradley Cooper's nose, like in mm-hmm. that opening 
the opening sequence mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. live concert footage. So it's like one cam, shaky camera and all that. And I was about to have a fucking seizure until mm. like shit calmed down. But, but, um, that was how I came to view it. How did you come to view it? I I saw it with uh, our dear friend Ashley. Uh-huh. And um, it was at nine in the morning because that was, she had things to do the rest of the day. And I really wanted to see it opening weekend. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, let's go nine in the morning. Mm-hmm. We went to an AMC. Uh, we went to Mission Valley. And the only, the earliest showing they had was in their Dolby surround sound theater. Whoa. With, and they had reserved seats, which was great. And we saw it with me and her two gays. And uh, the thing about it is, and talking about that opening scene specifically, is that the Dolby theater there is like surround sound and there's like speakers in the chairs. So when you're, so the crowd is like literally surrounding you and when they hit with like the opening, bam, 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 you can feel our chairs shake with the vibrations. And that's how it was the entire film. It's like anytime it was in the rock concert or whatever, you felt like you were actually Mm -hmm. there. And that's how I came to see it. And, you know, of course, it was ruined. Uh, it ruined <laughs> the, the rest of the day for us. Of course. Uh-huh. So tell me about your reactions to the film. So my reactions to the film, um, I, I really, I liked it. Um, I was told by a coworker um, the day before I went to see it that uh, he really enjoyed the first hour, like the first hour is flawless. Mm-hmm. And then the second hour, it's a little, it's a little struggle, a little struggle bus, but it does redeem towards the end. Mm-hmm. And afterwards I was like, yeah, that seems like a pretty fair assessment to me is that the first hour kind of, it moves, it's, it's, you know, their love story. It's really great. Mm-hmm. And then in the second hour, when you know, she's going through this transformation. There's a lot, like, there's a lot of things that I'm trying to figure out. Um, and then the very end is, it, like, it it kind of did a really nice way of wrapping it all up um, mm-hmm. in a nice little Well, bow. we know the formula exactly. of A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. So we knew it was coming. Um, a lot of it was just this, like, the anticipation of how this story, this version will vary mm-hmm. from the previous three iterations of this story. Um and it was all there, so we knew it was coming. We knew he was going to mm-hmm. to end. Um, and we're not ruining this for anyone. No. Because if you're listening to this us... This is the fourth version, and it's been out for a month, so... <laughs> if you're listening to us, you're a queen who has watched A Star is Born, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so You're a queen who's here for other it. queens, yeah, okay? Exactly. Um, I thought that like the nuance of how they handled it in this film, specifically his death, with... Um, the, specifically the conversation that her manager had with him mm-hmm. was crushing to me. Mm-hmm. That was like, a, oh God, that's what did it. That's the moment where he realized, you know, that he had to go away, that he had to end it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so, um, that kind of floored me a lot. And that's something I thought about a lot after the movie. Um, I thought the subtlety of, of the way that they shot it. And also, shout out to Bradley Cooper for directing this because yeah. the nuance of how this was directed and like the subtlety of, of specifically that shot where, you know, we don't see him specifically hang himself, but we see, you know, the shadow of him swaying like was enough and yeah. almost more devastating and really powerful. And, um, oh God, it was great. 
I thought that um, Lady Gaga did a really beautiful job. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it with Tony, who is a Judy purist. Okay. So as we left, he talks so much shit about Gaga. And I'm curious to follow up with him right now and see, like, what are your thoughts now? Because mm-hmm. he was like, three weeks, I'll probably be okay with this movie. But right now, I'm just pissed that she wasn't Judy. I'm like, well, no one's Judy, boo. <laughs> No one's gonna be Judy. Calm it down. No one's gonna be Judy. No she one's did gonna do be a, Judy. She did, how did he feel about like when she started to sing in the in the opening title and it's over the rainbow? <laughs> Cause like when she throws the trash out and she's all like, you know, somewhere over the rainbow. Cause I was like, I thought that was like a nice little like homage when to was Judy. That? At the beginning? Very beginning when she's about to leave for her gig and then it's right before they put the A Star is Born oh, title yeah, yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I was I, when you said that he was like a Judy Pierce, I'm curious if he felt how he felt if he felt a way about that. Because, I'm not sure. because I thought it was like a nice way to kind of homage her into it. Mm-hmm. Um because again, like these are this 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 film has like you know ver- two very powerful like diva mm-hmm. women gay icons attached to it, mm-hmm. so it only makes sense that you know pe- the queers are going to have their they're going to have their feelings about mm-hmm. it. They're going to feel feelings about it. I want to talk about a couple of performances in this movie. Do it. Um, one, first of all, Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. I want him to have have all of the awards for all of the things. I think that. In terms of performance, he's going to be up against a lot this year. Um, But I certainly feel like he could easily win a directing award for this. If not performance, I mean, he's fucking amazing in this. Um, So I really feel like he was so (laughs) standout-ish. I want to talk about Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, my God. Who I did not recognize until the credits rolled. And I was like, where the fuck was Andrew Dice Clay? And Tony was like... That was her father. And I was like, oh, hell. Oh, my God. Totally did not see that at all. I want to talk about Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that he had that one scene, and that one scene stole the whole film. Mm. Like, I okay. really felt like it was such a moment, and I love seeing him in moments that aren't, like, this big, but that are small and intimate. And so it was just so beautiful and powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, Anthony Ramos. Mm-hmm. Playing the her, her gay. Playing her gay. Um, her gay sidekick and her gay gay um, was, I thought, wonderful and really, really well done. I don't know. I just, I thought all the pieces of this puzzle, like, really worked well. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Sam Elliott. Oh, yeah. Who. Yeah. I mean, it'll be, it'll be curious to see who the producers put up for that supporting actor because Dice Clay did a really great job. Mm. I was like, damn. I think it'd go to Sam Elliott, though. Yeah. yeah. I, Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott is, he, he really, he kind of stole it from me. And then when he's like, and you took my voice. And I'm like, uh, oh my God. When he was like putting him in the bed and he was like passed uh, out drunk. Oh, and she's like, what am I doing here? And he's putting him in the bed. And then yeah. the scene where behind, backstage at SNL, and he's all like, you know, yeah, I'm with Willie now. And, mm-hmm. and he also has like the greatest line of the whole. F- uh, he has one of my favorite parts of the whole film where he talks about, you know, music is this, you know, it's the same. 
it's the same notes, but like all arranged in different ways. Mm-hmm. And it like compar- also perfectly encapsulates like why we're telling a star is born for the fourth time. Yeah. Because it's the same story, but we're telling it in a different way. We're seeing it with different players in a different mm-hmm. time. It means something different. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, I feel like, so like my thing with the stars born is that part of me wants to, part of me, I, I have also not seen the Lady Gaga documentary, but I feel, I, haven't either. I feel like maybe this was also a lot of her story as well, uh-huh. or things that maybe she has been told from like being in the music industry also. Mm-hmm. Like I feel maybe that's why she was able to give the performance that she was able to give because she resonated with a lot of those obstacles mm-hmm. or resonated within some level. Um, I just think meat dress aside, Mm -hmm, I -hmm. think like strip away the spectacle and like she's the real deal. Yeah. Like I'm here for her. She is talented as fuck. Mm -hmm. She is a legit musician who knows her way around and inside and out of a piano. Um, I just think that she's a really phenomenal musician and vocalist. and, and, And I thought that then that really translated in this performance on on screen it was beautiful yeah absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a star is born has gotten a lot of pushback in terms of being a feminist anti-feminist story right in terms mm-hmm. of um the like the codependency of a woman who knows she's getting into a toxic situation and a toxic relationship and, and an abusive relationship and um he is a little pushy straight up yeah i mean like he 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 definitely it's one of those things where it's like mm, if i maybe i would probably not have gone to the concert and hopped on a plane and mm-hmm. like you know stayed in his hotel room you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. it it's one of those things where it's like from the from an outsider's perspective it looks a little pushy but in that moment if you were going I, with and your that gut, whole situation reads the same way in yeah. in all of the other iterations of the movie too in the barbara streisand version it did too i was like the fuck did that come from you know yeah why are you getting on that plane yeah. But they do, Don't you know? Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's the lure and the temptation of fame and and being attracted to someone who's bigger than than you are. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I get that. The the honesty of being in a codependent relationship then really plays out, but it's also like so disturbing to see from the outside. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and so there has been a lot of like and like a star is born being the anti feminist. Mm-hmm. Story. I don't think it's an anti-feminist story. I think it's a real I story. I think it's a story of codependency. Yeah, it's a true story because, I mean, I, I think anyone who has been in that t- particular situation, I'm saying this as someone who has not been in that particular situation, mm-hmm. but I feel like people who have will recognize it for what it is and will will recognize it for exactly what it is in terms of like telling that particular part of it because it, you can see how you can see that she really loves him. Like that was mm-hmm. the other thing too, is like, I never questioned for one moment that they didn't love each other, Yeah. but it's just, they had such a specific view. Like when he's telling her when she's in the tub and they have their fight and he's like, this isn't you. And you know, yeah, it's a little, it's a little icky. doesn't make me feel good when he's telling her what mm-hmm. she is mm-hmm. and like giving her a definition. And she's still like, she's impressionable enough that she, She's impressionable enough that she believes it, but she's also impressionable enough that she's like going to listen to the manager mm-hmm. who's making the star and stuff. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, like I didn't question the fact that they loved each other and it wasn't healthy. It didn't end well, but I mean, yeah. the, I don't know. You just can't help who you love sometimes. No. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the whole nut of it all. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
just like a really beautiful moment in cinema and honestly like one of the most important movies of of 2018. Yeah. Um this is this is going to be a stacked year for real stacked. for the Oscars. Like I'm Oh, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. When do the nominations come out? Nominations for Golden Globes are going to be coming out this month, I believe, because this month or in December, early December, maybe late November, early December, Golden Globe noms come out um and yeah, because the Globes are in January. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, stay tuned. I mean, it's going to be really telling to see how this all plays out. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting, especially like, you know, we're, we're two years coming, we're coming off of uh, Time's Up, Me Too, mm-hmm. to see how that kind of plays into everything. I'm really hoping, I'm still kind of holding out for a Black Panther nom for, oh, yeah. for a Best Picture. Like, yeah. I really hope that, you know it because so much good stuff has come out. There since. also the Oscars are also including the the most popular category this year mm. to yes. honor box office sales. In which mm-hmm. case, Black Panther Black will Panther. be up in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, which you know are the Oscars a popularity contest? I don't know. There's been a lot of pushback mm-hmm. against this new category. Bah, 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 bah. That's another conversation for when award we get season. To, exactly when we get when to we back get to, to award season, children, we'll get there. Okay, let's move on. Can we talk about Guam? We can talk about Guam. Tell me all about Guam. Guam is good. Guam is hot. Yeah. Guam is just such a little spot. It's a song. I, I love oh, saying that. Oh <laughs> my god! Tell me other things. So Guam is great because first of all, wait. Start at the start. Okay. How long of the of a trip is that? Sure. So. Um, and when did you go? So I went, um, I went like, I left on the 11th of October. Okay. And then I got there, I left at 6 a.m., I left San Diego 6 a.m.-ish, um, 11th, uh, that Thursday. I didn't get to Guam until 6 p.m. Friday, because Guam is 17 hours ahead. Okay. So you lose like a day. Okay. Going and over there. And then you there. gain that back when you come back. And then back. you gain that yeah. back when you come back. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, it's, I had to fly from San Francisco to Honolulu, Hawaii, mm-hmm. and then Honolulu to Guam. So, so you had two layovers? So I had two, yeah. Okay. But they were just, like, they were, they're timed in such a way that, like, it's, like, only two hours maybe in between each. So, so you don't even feel it because by the time you had a chance to, like, you know, use the bathroom and go get something to eat, you're time to, it's time for you to board the plane. How long anyway. is the leg from SF to Honolulu and then Honolulu to Guam? Sure. So the Honolulu one is, like, four to five hours. So from SF to Honolulu. That's uh-huh. not that bad. Yeah. Um, but that's the that's the leg that I hate because it's the most crowded. Uh. Because there's everyone going to Honolulu. Yeah. And then even if the flight isn't full, United, um, you know, shout out to United. Um, United, they have a bunch of people who are trying to uh, get in on standby. Because uh-uh. they're all United employees trying to go away for the weekend yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and the the longest leg is the one from Honolulu to Guam. That's like that? eight hours. Word. And so that's the one where it's like, if you can't sleep on that leg, you are up. And I did not have a good first leg. I did not have a good Honolulu to Guam experience because uh, seating situation was fine. I sat like next to this woman who didn't get up once the mm-hmm. entire time. Like she, I was, I sit in the aisle all the time and she did not bother me once. So mm-hmm. either she like morphed and like went in through as a piece of liquid or she just held it the entire mm-hmm. time. But the, I was sitting in front of two <laughs> children mm-hmm. who with their, belie- with their beleaguered mother mm-hmm. and they were just screaming their heads off. And she, the thing I liked about her was that 
she was disciplining them. Like it wasn't some like hippy dippy, like not even acknowledging that her children are being loud. She was like, you're being dicks. Sit down. Exactly. She was like, when we get there, good, (laughs) your father. Good. (laughs) And I was like, you know, she was just, and I felt for her. But thank God for noise-canceling headphones is all Solid. I'm going to say. Okay, so you get to Guam. So I get to Guam, and then I am, um, I'm greeted at the airport by my best friend, Bianca, who is the wedding that I attended, her wedding. Mm-hmm. And then my sister, my oldest sister, Christine. And so we went, and uh, first thing we did is we went to um, this local restaurant called King's, which is basically the, mm-hmm. uh, it's basically the, like, Redford's Denny's of Guam. Mm-hmm. And it's open, like, 24 hours. I went there. I had like fried rice with Portuguese sausage and it was great. And that was how I started things off. Mm -hmm. And so as far as culture goes, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, I'm I'm talking a little about like my native culture, but I'm also going to talk about like some actual cultural things that I did. So one of the things that I did, and I sent uh, Wendy a video of this is. Oh my God. um, It was so gorgeous. I was like weeping. It was so good. So So my sister, about two weeks before I I went on the trip, my sister was like, Hey, do you want to go to this thing? She sent me the poster and it's like, is, you know, we're going to this, it's like a fundraiser. And basically what it is, is that one of the cultural dance groups um, has a, they, it was their second annual recital. Like, it was a dance recital. But let me tell you how Guam did dance recital. It was like a 400-person ballroom with, like, rounds and decor and, decor and a big raffle and, like, a it was food huge. spread. It was a huge thing. And the this particular uh, dance group, um, they had not only young children, but they also had adults. They had, like, older women's groups. So they had... Um, they were basically performing these different dances that they do throughout the year for other events, but this was their way to kind of show the best of the best of their routines. Mm-hmm. And so they they specialize, this particular one specializes in the traditional cultural dances of the Chamorro people. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, indigenous people of Guam um, and the Mariana Islands. So, you know, they focused on that, but they also did like Hawaii, they did Tahitian, they did all of these different other styles of like the people who live in the Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me tell you about the names. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize this and I kind of gate out a little bit and you'll understand why in a second. Tell me why. So in, in Chamorro, the name of this particular group is Guma Bulaguinaiza, which means the house of lots of love. So a guma, guma means house. Mm -hmm. And apparently there are many different, um, there are many different cultural dance groups that specialize in different parts of dance and different cultures, different parts of the Marianas and all this other stuff. But they are all called gumas. They're all houses. Like the queens and the balls. Like the queens and the balls. And I just. like, yes, the house. I was like, yes. And I was like, where is Pray Tell? (laughs) It's like serving, serving, (laughs) serving coconut, serving indigenous realness. I just wanted, like, I was like. Was that your running inner monologue? That was my running inner monologue. And it was just so good. So. Speaking of pray tell, so this this particular group, the house founder, um, he was basically like the like a pray tell, mm-hmm. and you could tell he was a queen. And I'll talk about I'll talk about gayness on Guam in a minute, mm-hmm. but like you could tell he was a queen. But he, this queen had the most beautiful voice. He sang and played guitar with their little band that they had. A lot of the music that they did when they were um, when they were dancing. And I just thought that was so interesting because you know that it was also his time to like shine as well. Uh-huh. But it was just like he had the most beautiful voice and he, they, 
and they were just dancing and singing, and he, it was just, I was so entranced. Oh, love. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was, like, also the best thing. So, like, the, the moment that made me just swell with joy about being home was right before we actually had lunch, they brought all the dancers out, like, all, like, almost, like, 100 of them, 100, 250 of them. And they brought them all out, and it's like, okay, what we're going to do before we, you know, let you before we re, you know release everyone onto the the food is we want to just do this like blessing to get everybody centered and we're going to call upon the ancestors and they sang this song mm. and i'm just like i was like starting to tear Oof. up my sister's there with her gay bestie mm. and he and she's looking at me like are you okay and i'm like it's just so beautiful like so this much. is the first thing that i'm doing there yeah. it's just so beautiful and it was just like a lot. And it was not only that, but it's like there's just something about like the voices of children singing oh, the yeah. native language, like just like so good. Oh, I love that. So but yes, yeah, so that was like my first thing. Mm-hmm. And then as like the 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 days went on and the weeks went on. I did everything from like, I was, I was lucky enough that my sister let me borrow her car. So I um, borrowed her car. I would meet her and her husband for lunch and then I'd go do my thing. And then I'd meet them again for, we, you know, reconvene for dinner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had a lot of really great food. Mm -hmm. Like I probably have to be vegan for like a month, you know, (laughs) to kind of cleanse myself Uh a bit, but a lot of really great food. Um, I went to the Guam Museum, which was not there the last time I was home. Cool. And to provide context, I left in 2004. I went back for the first time in 11 when uh-huh. my older sister got married and then this most recent trip. Uh-huh. So I've only been back home twice uh-huh. it, since I've left. And this they've built this museum that is like a museum of Chamorro history. And it was really well done. And I was like the only person in the museum the entire day. Because wow. it was like one in the middle of the day. And it was just beautiful. It was so nice to like, I was taking pictures of everything and it was nice to like, these are all things that I knew because you teach, you learn them as a kid, but like coming back to it with a lot of distance in like, you know, temporal distance, but also physical distance. It was nice to kind of like reconnect and re relearn those aspects of the culture Mm -hmm. and then to also kind of, you know, because one of the reasons why I feel like I needed this trip was because I'm, I've spent a lot of time really like cultivating and, you know, growing my LGBT community identity Mm -hmm. and that part of me and trying to now I'm like trying to reconcile that with like my values as a like indigenous Chamorro person Mm -hmm. and what that means. Uh And so talk a little bit about that. What is gay culture like on the island? So I had the, I had the mission of like really trying to really trying to meet other gay people. And, you know, this is also the first time that I went back and I was out because the last time I went, I was not out. I was a little closeted kid. Mm -hmm. Like when I grew up there, I had no vocabulary for any of the feelings that I was feeling. And Mm -hmm. this was like, I felt so, I felt it was like my mission to kind of figure out what's going on there. Mm -hmm. So I went to, um, I went to... Segway, this is Joe's Gay Corner. Yes, this is Gay Corner now. We had to have one. There it is. Um, So I met with my friend Cabrini. And oh, the other thing too is that like I met friends that like I've been friends with since like elementary school. Oh, that's the best. 
Yes. Yeah, like so like my best friend who got married, Bianca, she's been my friend since like first or second grade. So sweet. And, you know, we've maintained this friendship this entire time, even though I've been living out here. We thank basically Thank God for social media, right? I know, thank God for social media. Thank God for like mass communication. Mm-hmm. So my friend Cabrini, I, I talked to Bianca and I was like, Bianca, I want to meet other gay people when I go home. Who can I talk to? Like, do you know any? And she's like, I don't really know anybody, but you know what you should do? You should talk to Cabrini because Cabrini is like the like preeminent fag hag of the Mariana Islands. And I was like, okay, cool. So I met with Cabrini. We had a great conversation. We had like, we had dinner. We went to like a little karaoke bar. And then she took me to the drag show on Guam. Yes. Yes. I have videos I'm going to show you later. Yeah, you will. So let me tell you about this drag show. So the drag show happens once a week um, on Thursday night at Club Icon. And I was like, so I was like, so tell me a little bit about this club. Is it like a gay bar? Is it always gay? And she's like, no, not really. Like, I mean, everyone kind of goes there because they have the drag show that one night, but like, it's not really like a gay bar. Mm-hmm. And she was, it was hard pressed to tell me like where the other, like there was really like a truly gay bar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, that's fine. We have a night. That's great. We walked into the club, you know, loud music's playing. And I realized quickly that it was not like a fully gay bar because like all the servers were women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like selling me the test tube shots. And usually like some good, cute guy in a jockstrap is trying to get me yeah. to buy him a shot. And like, no, this, this is like a woman who's, yeah. you know, modestly dressed before a nightclub. And so we went there and let me tell you, so the, the group that puts on the, uh, <laughs> the drag show. They're called The Untouchables is oh the name of the show. And this is the House of Diosa. Yes. <laughs> and get your life. Girl. Yes. These queens are, they have something special. Like they are bringing, mm. they are serving the drag. And it's just like, they are serving costume. They are serving wig. They have like, they have like two really awesome trans girls in there as well. Like yes. they are serving they are literally the they are untouchable house of diosa realness first number the um dance remix to uh nobody's supposed to be here <laughs> shut up so good and then like other things happened there was one girl who got up there and she did a very she did an interesting like cut of uh and I'm telling you, I'm not going. I appreciated it that it was Jennifer Holiday. Got it. But like, there were other little things that were mixed in that made it really humorous and fun. And okay. she she looked like she was out of breath by the end of it. Okay. And then like the one thing that really got me was they in that first performance they did a they did like a, a duet where it was two queens that came out and did like a battle like lip sync number mm-hmm. but they were the, the narrative was like they were two dancers and they were vying for the spot to be the lead dancer and they were doing like this local hula song that's really popular back home uh-huh. and I was like oh my god no one no one anywhere but Guam is gonna do this song yeah. in a drag number that's awesome it was so good that's so cool and the, nice. the community there is really tight like the uh-huh. the you know, because it's like, I guess when you're, because the other thing too is that like, because Guam is so Catholic, mm-hmm. like, it, and I, I'm hesitant to say conservative, but it's just so Catholic that people there are already kind of like, people are okay with homosexuality generally. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, if they if they know other people are, it's fine. There's this saying, um, to business smooth, none of your business, but like mm-hmm. they, 
it's still, they live pretty coded. Like they're not out there holding hands or like being Mm -hmm. too kind of like ostentatious. And to me, it's not like, I'm not trying to like make out with my boyfriend on a street corner on Guam, but I am like, I do feel like, I feel like it's just maybe they should they should feel like they have the option to, and mm-hmm. I feel like they don't. So, when watching The Untouchables, did you feel like you were there with community? I did. Great. It was interesting because, like, the, you could definitely tell that there were like military guys who were there uh. that were like wanting a bit of like where they come from. Uh-huh. So, like, you could tell that they were like some either like Seattle Queens or San Francisco Queens or whatever that were there to like just try to have a little bit more of that LGBT community that they know. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that the people who were there, they were also there because they know personally the, the ladies in the, in the, in house of Diosa Mm -hmm. and they were just there to support them too. But you can, you felt the sense of community. So where I really felt it was the next week when I went to their Halloween theme show And this particular night was busier than the other night because apparently the they had the Mr. Guam pageant that night. Okay. Okay. And so a lot of those guys and people who attended that went to the after party there. And I was like, is this a gay thing? I'm like, no, it's not really a gay thing. But you know, of course, any man in a pageant is probably gay. So they were all there. Really cute guys all over the place, but then also like a lot of the like regular gay male crowd was there, and I was with my friend Cabrini, and she knew everybody, and so they would greet me like, "Oh my God, welcome home!" and then like kiss me on the cheek, and I'm all like, I already felt more welcome there in that one night with these perfect strangers than Mm -hmm. I have ever felt in like a gay club in San Diego. Like, it was just the added element of home and knowing that these people have a similar upbringing and we had similar, we had similar trials and cultural issues that we're facing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic that, that whole experience. I think also the idea of like being welcomed home is... Mm -hmm is important on so many levels. People were very intentional with their language when mm-hmm. they came with that. And it made me intentional with my language because yeah. it's like, I still consider Guam as home. Sure. And they were like, well, he lives off Island. He lives somewhere else, but this is his home. Yeah. Like that was a very intentional, like, well, this is his home. Like, yeah. you know, welcome home. Everyone was like, every person that I met was welcome home, welcome home. Um, fun story. And then we'll, we'll move on is, I went back to my village uh, to like, you know, walk the village and I went back to my childhood house and got to see that again. And when I went back to our church there, because I was such a little church going kid, um, went back to church, there was, I used to sing in the choir. And so the ladies in the choir were still the same old ladies in the choir. Did they remember you? They remembered me. Oh my God. (laughs) So I like went in and like the thing about Guam and this was true the last time I went is that the families that go to that church have always gone to that church, will always go to that church. They were still sitting in the same places. This has been like 14 years and it was like, oh, Uncle Manny and Auntie Annie still right there. You know, Ellen's still right there. (laughs) You know, all these people still in the same places. So I went to go say hello to the choir and they were like, oh, my God, Joseph, I knew that was you over there. Oh, come on. You need to come next week and sing with us if you're still here. And and then they asked they asked me the question that I've managed to successfully navigate my late 20s um, avoiding. Um, they were like, oh, so are you married? And I was like, oh, that's a gut punch. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I was like, no, not married. And then the second question was, oh, but do you have any kids? And I was like, because we need, we need more of you running around. And uh, I'm all like, this is so sweet. And like, at the same time, no, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's so well-intentioned. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But oh, that was Lord. it. That was Guam. Oh, I'm so glad you had that experience. Oh, and I wanted to do this on air. What did you want to do? I have a magnet <gasps> for oh you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, you guys. Oh, my God. Okay. This is a magnet. I get a Guam magnet. I was looking for something really trashy and kitschy. but Fives. I- this is a big deal. This is my first <laughs> Guam magnet. I was looking for something really trashy and kitschy, but I like I like this one so much that I did this one instead. So okay. here you go. Here's your magnet. Gracias. <gasps> Yo. This is beautiful. It says, I love Guam, where America's day begins. And that is literally, that is true, because we are oh. a day ahead pretty much of everybody. I hope the price is not on there. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was made in China. Yes, it was made in China. <laughs> as most things are. <laughs> Oh, my God. I love this. Thank you, Josephine. The ones that were made on Guam were not as nice. So Listen. no offense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no Tina shade, but like they Listen. were not as nice. Oh, my God. This is so legit. I'm so excited about it. I am going to put you on my fridge. Yes. And it's the and I also wanted it. I liked it because it's the shape of the island. That's yeah. what it looks like. It's going to hold a special place of honor in my fridge. Lovely. On my tacky fridge. Yay. Yay. Thank you, Josephine. There's some other fun things that happen that I'll tell you off mic. Oh, OK. I'll leave our listeners in suspense. I you think can, exciting. Yes. But we'll we'll talk about that later. All right. All right. Don't think I won't ask you, boom. Girl. OK. <laughs> So one of the things that I loved was that Joe was on the island a million a million miles away from me. Yes. And still texted me, happy opening night. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know it's opening. <laughs> I was like, the, it was fun was for me like, to try to do like the thing when you live in the mainland, you it's harder. F- you don't remember to do. The what is the hour difference? Like 17 time? hours ahead. Oh it, Guam God. is 17 hours ahead from okay. here. So just think like all that math. Exactly. <laughs> so much time math. So if it's a if it's midnight there, it is like seven in the morning here. Got it. Is how I generally is how I, I figure that out. Because every time I talk to my best friend, I always talk to her on my way to work, which is about like six in the morning ish, six, uh-huh. seven. And then she's always talking to me like at a late night when she's about to go to bed. The next day. The next day. Yeah. Wow. So Damn. it's like 17 hours. And t- TV's weird because it's like before when we were growing up, TV was a week late. Uh-huh. Like you would get the Christmas stuff on New Year's. Wow. But now it's just a day late. Uh-huh. But still, it's like, it's just weird because, like, we know we're ahead. We get movies on time. So, like, yeah. Guam will always get the movies first. That's crazy. Um, but oh anyway, so, yes, it. opening I night, I was like, I had to, send a, had to send my girl a text. I loved it. Thank you so much. I meant so much. And I was like, Joe is on the other side of the world right now and texting me, and I love it. Um, and also, Joe sent me a video of all of the, like, the house of... Oh, the house of, house yes. Of the house chil- of lots of love. The house of children people dancing and yeah. singing. And I died I was like, a thousand you know, happy deaths. You know yeah. who's going to love children people you dancing? You know who's going <laughs> to weep about this is the same fag hag who sits there weeping at ballroom dancing. That Wendy. She'll, do, she'll weep about exactly. it. Do you know who's going to love, like, little island boys jumping around to a song called My Coconut Hat? You know... That would be Wendy. (laughs) (laughs) My coconut hat. 
I was like, yes. I'm going to have this fucking song oh, stuck in my head God. the rest of the trip. It was so good. It's so good. I may or may not have watched it several times. <laughs> yes. Several. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I was, October's been a heavy month for me, theater wise. I've been directing a lot of projects, and I've, for this month, yeah, October and November, I've kind of been on average opening a show every two weeks, which has been crazy in my mm-hmm. head right now. Um, but we opened um, Self Conchas in uh, the weekend of October tw- like 18th through 22nd, 21st. Um, so Self Conchas is a play that I co-wrote and conceived with uh, my friend Crystal Mercado, who uh, runs Bocon, a community arts organization. Um, and um, so this all started like earlier in the summer. Crystal approached me. She had just come back from a Latinx Theater Commons conference and she was so incredibly inspired. And she was like, look, they're having a, a conference. They're having um, a festival of theater for young audiences uh, for Latinx theater for young audiences. And we have to submit. We have to submit something. And I was like, okay, well, then we have to make something. <laughs> so, like, we have to write something. So we put together a timeline, and uh, and we wrote a grant and got it funded. She wrote a grant, got it funded, and we started. And so we decided we wanted to serve this one audience. We wanted to serve um, middle school because traditionally when you look at theater for young audiences, there's a ton of stuff for high school kids and Shakespeare and all of that. And there's a ton of stuff for theater for young audiences, theater for the very young, but there's always this gap in this kind of mid range, this middle school time frame. So you either get like Shakespeare or you get like Hansel and Gretel and there's like no in between, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. um, nothing that honestly speaks to that voice. And so, so we decided that was kind of the audience we wanted to serve. And then we also decided that like we wanted this to be true to a South Bay San Diego and our South Bay stories and um, and really addressing this pocket of time that we're sitting in right now with the border stories and the border issues that are happening here and uh, and what's going on with immigration and coloration and status and all of that. So... Um, so we wrote this play called Self Conchas, and it wound up being um, a piece that kind of took on more than I thought it would. Mm. Um, we wrote it throughout the month of July. We did it in like like two, three phases of writing. We worked with uh, for like one week with a group of young artists, like some in middle school, talking about like their experiences. We just did a lot of kind of like brainstorming and devising work and stuff together. And then we took it into phase two where we worked with some older Latinx artists and South Bay voices around San Diego and um, adult artists, college students and young artists. And then, um, then we moved into phase three and in that, we had, uh, like, really, like, Crystal and I just kind of took on the majority of, like, okay, these are the scenes that we have written. We need some connective scene work to kind of be the connective tissue throughout this piece. And 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 then we had some readings, and, uh, and Crystal and I kind of refined and cleaned and all of that. We auditioned. We got amazing actors in place. Yeah. Um, and we knew we had this one weekend at the Onstage Playhouse in Chula Vista, so we had one weekend because in order for us to like submit this work to a festival, it had to have first had a professional run. So we were like, okay, so let's give it this one weekend in October. And this one weekend wound up being like 
so exciting. And then after the weekend was over, everyone was like, it was only that one weekend though. And like, wait, we want to see it. We heard so many great things. And um, it definitely looks like it's going to have a life beyond that because there were so many important conversations that came out of it regarding, regarding our, our immigrant status, our middle school stories, our, um, our South Bay stories and everything that kind of came mm-hmm. to the surface as mm-hmm. a result of that weekend. Um, so the show looks like it's going to have life after that one weekend, which is really, really exciting. Um, but it's something that I was just like really, really proud of. And and at first I was like, Crystal was like, let's write a play. We're going to write all summer, all July. And I was like, no, I just want to sit on the beach all summer. <laughs> you know. And then it wound up being this thing that was like so incredibly worth it and so fulfilling and inspiring. And um and so something that I'm super proud of and one of the most important theatrical experiences wow. that that I've had professionally thus far. So wow. yeah. So it was it was really special. And um and we'll see what comes next with that. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So that was exciting. And that was October. Oh my gosh! Really, I know. So now we're moving into the the November. We are in November. We're about to vote. Yes. On Tuesday. So go out and vote. Go out and vote. Let's hope our whole country doesn't burn to smithereens. Y'all. Exactly. Don't <laughs> remember the lessons. I mean, history does repeat itself, y'all. Um, I'm going to Paris in two weeks. Jesus. I know. That's gonna be so much fun. I am. I'm going for the week of Thanksgiving. I'm certain I'll be seeing some stuff there, mayhaps at the Moulin Rouge. (gasps) I know, I know. So we'll see, and uh, I'm sure I'll come back with some stories there. Are you spending the entire week in Paris? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. So also, too, this month, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody has just come out. Yes. What are some other things we're looking forward to this month? Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody came out. Um, there are there were films that came out in October, but they're all like indie films that have Oscar buzz that I don't want to talk about until the Oscar season Correct. is officially started. So yeah. um, we're putting those on the back burner. Um, as far as November goes, I mean, it, there is, it's Thanksgiving. So, I mean, I'm going to talk about the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. Uh, uh yes. Because, you know, this queen is always about what musical they're going to force those people to come out then in the winter and like. Listen, <laughs> Macy's, listen, I love me a goddamn parade. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then of course it'll be the finale of both Dancing with the Starses. So we'll, when I get caught up, we're going to have to talk about that. You know, I am so fucking here for that. <laughs> Is that going to be this month or in, in December? I feel like it's this month. I feel like, well, I feel like they do it like right after Thanksgiving. Cause I remember the last time around Thanksgiving, because the last time that I, I remember watching a finale, I was with my family and we were in Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in Vegas. I remember watching in Vegas. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see about all of that coming up. Uh, yeah. And we're going to stay tuned for the Golden Globe nominations, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, all right, we're we're rapidly approaching the beginning of the next awards cycle. Yes, which is you know how we mark time. I is. mean, really, that's that's how I clock my calendar year, friends. I mean, our yeah. fir- our first episode. <laughs> I was just telling Wendy our first episode was was all about was the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. and we did a recap on the Kennedy Center honors mm-hmm. that year and everything. Yeah, uh, so much, so much. We've almost been doing this for a whole year. Yes. It's pretty exciting. It's going to be really good. It is. It's going to be really exciting. Okay. Um, y'all. Well, thank you. Go and see some art. See that art. See some art. Enjoy your time of the month. Bye.
Bye.